Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast, where I get you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. If you need help getting sober, you can reach out to my direct line. That is 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. If you need any type of resources for treatment, coaching, free resources like support meetings, um, anything that you need, you could reach out to that line. So, what I want to talk to you about today is how basically rock bottom is is a blessing in disguise. And I know for me, I could not get sober without the hard trying times at the tail end of my addiction, right? And it wasn't even just the tail end of my addiction. I mean, there were consequences along the way. And there were a lot of signs early on in my using that I really should have stopped quite a while ago. But uh, clearly, the the pull and the attraction to the drugs was just too strong for me, and it really took everything that it, that happened to me in my in my using all the consequences, all the jail the jail time, the arrests, the hospital visits, the overdoses, rehabs, uh, tarnished relationships, and just getting to the place where I emotionally, mentally, physically was just spent, you know what I mean? And I talk about being spiritually sick and that that was me. I just was so unfulfilled and just pretty much rotting inside, you know what I mean? That's, that's where I was at. And specifically, like, I remember my, my rock bottom, like it was yesterday. I, uh, I was living in a really shitty part of, uh, New York, um, in a really crappy <laughs> rundown city and uh, man you know i i uh shot heroin for the first time um on this particular day uh, i'd been doing heroin for a couple of years at this point but uh this was the first time that i ever used the needle and um i remember uh, i was using with a with a friend that i actually was in rehab with just a few months prior and I remember walking home and just like the feeling of just complete despair, complete like embarrassment of the way I was living and how I conducted myself and um, how, I, how I carried myself, my thinking, the actions I was taking on a daily basis, just the whole, the whole way, the whole process of how I was living on my day-to-day basis was just extremely sad. You know what I mean? And uh, I had no future. I had nothing going for me. I had almost nothing to my name. I was living in a really, you know, I was basically renting a room for like 400 bucks at this time. And, um, I felt alone. I felt isolated, and rightfully so, because I pretty much did isolate myself from everybody else because I couldn't look at anybody in the eyes. I, I couldn't, um, I didn't want to be around anybody, you know what I mean? Because I just felt so shitty towards myself. And um, I remember that, that this particular morning, I mean, I, I had like 15 bucks to my name, and I was like, man, how am I going to get high today? Just like, you know, I, I was would constantly ask myself, well, how am I going to find, how am I going to use today? How am I going to find a way? And of course we always do. Um, but I was walking back home after work and I hear someone shout my name 
and I turn around and uh, and I didn't see who it was and I was like okay so I don't know what that was about I got a call five minutes later and it was this kid that I was in rehab with and so he was like how are you doing man and I said I said not too good bro I said you know I don't think you want to I don't think you want to chill with me I'm not I'm not doing too well and he goes oh that's great he's like I'm not either no worries man and and so we got together and and we were walking down the street after we just got some heroin and you know he was pretty much just like hey man like have you ever uh, have you ever shot heroin before and I said no and he was like oh man you've you've been wasting it this whole time and he was like you know you got to he's like you got to you got to let me hit you for your first time and i was like fuck like in my head i was like damn bro like I, I knew that this day was going to come someday, and uh, I just didn't know today was going to be the day. And, of course, I could have said no, right? I mean, yeah, I could have refused, but I also knew that it was an easier way to get high and and um, a more intense high, and, and that was also attractive to me as well. And so I basically agreed, and, and, um, and I was off to the races, you know what I mean? I mean, that was it, and I remember walking back home after uh, after I just used and, and just like I was saying before, just man, I just felt like I just felt like my life was over. You know what I'm saying? Something just something just clicked in my head where it was like a gloomy, rainy, shitty day out and, and I was walking home and I had these holes in my clothes and, and I felt like I had, you know, holes in my in my soul too and I did. And I just didn't know what was next. That's that's pretty much like where my mindset was at. I felt like I had crossed this this line that there was no coming back from. And of course that wasn't true, but it just felt like my life was pretty much over and I and I didn't even want to live anymore. You know what I mean? That was that was pretty much where my mindset was at. I just wasn't necessarily suicidal, but I also had no will to live. And so I was continuing to walk home and when I did get home I just remember thinking I've got to do something. Um, I can't even afford my rent anymore. I'm going to have nowhere to live soon. And my life is clearly not going down a good path. Um, so I called my mom. And my mom, she's, uh, she's an amazingly strong woman. She has always been there for me. And she's also in recovery. And so I just remember calling her not really even knowing what I was looking for, you know what I'm saying? I don't think I was looking for anything. I think I was just kind of just trying to find comfort in something. And that was that was definitely my mom. So we were talking and and uh, she just said, well, she said, you can stay with me. You can come and live back with me. But the only way you're going to be doing that is if you commit to getting sober and going to meetings and being active in recovery because if not there's there's no shot you'll be able to live with me and I won't be able to take you in and I'll kick you out if you do get high and I don't know if she actually meant business or not but I felt like she did I I felt like she was being serious and I honestly didn't really have too much of other choices you know what I'm saying I, I could have went homeless and I could have lived on the street and I could have done couch surfing I mean that was definitely one choice but like the way that I was feeling in that moment and the path that I was going down, it it didn't seem like the more attractive option, which is crazy because I did not want to get sober. I just got to the place where I also didn't want to get high anymore either. 
So I felt like I couldn't, I was in this weird place where I, I knew I couldn't live getting, getting high anymore. I couldn't live this way getting high anymore, but I also couldn't live being sober. So I was just in this weird fucking like gray area that I didn't feel like I fit in with life. I didn't know how, to, how I was gonna navigate things moving forward. And, um, and I, guess the, I guess because I didn't know and because I just got disgusted enough with how my present was, how my present daily living was, I said, screw it, I'm gonna try something different even if it terrifies the shit out of me, and, and sobriety certainly did. I didn't think I'd ever be able to get sober, realistically speaking. Like, you know, never mind 10 years. I have 10 years now, and but 10 days was like a miracle. You know what I'm saying? 10 hours was a miracle. So I just thought like, okay, maybe I could string together some days and just like figure it out, you know what I mean? And uh, let me just try something different. And if it doesn't work, then oh well. And at least I tried. And so I just had nine months of sobriety. That's the crazy part too, is I was coming off a relapse for, for about, I don't know, four, four to six months, some, somewhere in that time frame where this relapse hit me really hard. I, I had nine months sober. Um, I went to treatment for about four or five months altogether and then I went to another sober and then I went to a sober living after that for like another four or five months somewhere around there so I had about nine months clean when I relapsed and man it's just like the wheels just fell off so quick um I've talked about this before but I was basically with my friends and I just said to myself well I'm just gonna smoke weed you know what I mean I, I was full of anger and resentment and just things weren't I was stupid. I was young and, and things weren't going my way. And, and I took the easy way out and I said, well, I'm just going to smoke weed. And I remember smoking weed with my friends. And within, I told myself before smoking, I wasn't going to get drugs. I was just going to be smoking weed. And within five minutes, within five minutes of smoking weed, I was already looking for heroin. I was already on the phone texting dealers and, and getting it. And uh, that's the type of addict I was. You know what I mean? It's like once I start, it's like boom, all all bets are off and I'm off to the races. And I really learned a lot in that four to six month span, however long that relapse was. Um, I hit bottoms that I didn't experience before. And I just felt like, I just won. I felt like such a piece of shit and I felt like so isolated and alone, and I also, I'll never forget this too. This is what scared the hell out of me. I, so when I was 18, or when I was 19 years old, I committed a robbery on Xanax. And, and that was a big part of my journey. That was like a big turning point for me because I committed a really serious crime. I got, I got hit with a felony. And uh, I robbed this gas station while I was essentially in a blackout on Xanax. And so I remember when... I was in, uh, I was looking for a way to get high and I didn't have any money and I considered robbing another gas station. Like I was seriously contemplating it and it wasn't like, oh, like it's just an intrusive thought. No, I was, I was planning it out, how I was going to do it differently this time, like how I was going to be more calculated and, you know, trying to come up with this 
whole plan to, uh, to rob this gas station for a second time. And I remember thinking about that and just being like, dude, am I insane? Like, what the fuck am I doing? What am I thinking about right now? And that's, that's how I was as an addict. You know what I mean? I, uh, it was not pretty. And I went to extremes and that thought scared me because I was like, you know, I'm not a bad, I'm not a bad person. Like I know who I am inside and I know that there's a lot more for me in this life. And here I am. I just spent six months in jail from this crime. I just spent another six, you know, almost six months in rehab or whatever. And then in a sober living, here I am on a relapse and I'm considering doing the same thing I did the year before that just completely threw my whole life out of whack. And I was really looking at serious charges. I, I, the court cases weren't even done yet. I was still going to court for these things and I was for like the next two years. So in no way, shape or form was I even out of the woods yet. And I was still considering doing this. So that just goes to show the insanity of addiction. And I'll never forget that. I'll just never forget how my thinking was and how I operated while I was using and going through these bottoms and these are just some of them. This is these are just a few of like the ones that were in the tail end of my using. It took all of these things, all of these dark times, all of this emotional, mental, spiritual, physical bottoms compiling together in order for me to realize that something else needed to happen. And which in turn clearly put me on the path of recovery and has now allowed me to have an amazing life and work on myself and and get really get, gain real confidence in who I am as a person and and have a mission and a goal and a purpose in life and I think a lot of times we it's really easy to get caught up in the moment when you're going through hard times and you're going through bottoms it doesn't even have to be just about addiction you could just be going through life and life kicks our ass it really does it kicks everybody's ass and we all go through hard trying times. And what I've realized is that these hard times are 100% needed to become our best selves because we need to be tested. The only way that someone can gain strength is to put yourself through a lot of resistance, a lot of obstacles and turmoil. And, and that's how we get strong as individuals. And that's how it's supposed to be. And when we're getting high, we're constantly looking for the easy route. We're constantly looking for the easy way out. I don't want to feel these emotions. I don't want to feel this pain. I don't want to go through these problems in life. I don't want to have these thoughts. And what do we do? We buy a pill. We buy a bag. We uh, do what we we drink a bottle, um, and we completely avoid the test that is put in front of us to actually create our level up. That's how I look at the obstacles in my life now. And obviously, the obstacles have changed for me. Um, now that I'm sober and now that I'm older, you know what I mean? And, and life, life kind of takes on its own challenges. Even while we progress, it's like the challenges don't stop and it's not supposed to. So I've changed my mindset to, to where I embrace change. I embrace difficulties. And sometimes when you're going through them, you think that your life is over, you think that it's going to define you or it's going to stop you from what you want to do in your, with your life or, or it's going to prevent you from having a good life. All this bullshit that we tell ourselves, when in reality, we just have to shift our focus. 
we have to start asking ourselves the right questions. And remember, the quality of your life is always going to be in direct proportion to the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. So when you're going through a hard time, if you're asking yourself, why me? Or, or how could this happen to me? Or how come things like this always happen to me? If I, had, if I didn't have any luck, I'd have no luck. If you find yourself saying shit like that, you're the problem. It's your mindset that's the issue. What you really need to be doing, and this is what I, uh, this is what I do when I'm really going through some stuff and I'm trying to figure things out. Um, I ask myself, well, how can this serve me? How can this obstacle make me a better person? How can this difficulty create a more stronger individual that I need to be? You know what I mean? And you, the way that we form these questions are so important because this is going to make your mind it's going to force your mind to find the, the answer to whatever you ask of it. So if you're asking yourself questions in the way, in the form of improvement and putting yourself on a better path, that's going to create a stronger individual and it's going to solidify your mindset into accepting challenges as a good thing. But if we ask ourselves things and our, our self-talk is negative, if it's a negative context, you're defeated already. You're already accepting defeat before, before you even move forward, you know what I mean? So sometimes we have to zoom out and look at, look at things from an overall perspective too and realize that life is long and there's going to be many more days, years, uh, decades in our journey and this moment in our life is not going to define us. Not as long as we're sober. We got to get sober because if we're struggling with an addiction, then clearly we don't have forever. We're, we're playing a game of Russian roulette. I mean, shit, even if you're sober, nothing's guaranteed. You know, life is precious, but we, we've got to get sober. We got to give, our, give ourselves the opportunity to improve and to get better. And as long as we do that, as long as we give ourselves a shot and get help and try something different for a change, as long as we do all of that, then life can become really good. And we realize that our bottom, all the consequences that we felt in our addiction ended up being one of the biggest blessings for, for us, you know? And that's how, I, that's how I feel. The consequences that I went through in the hard times, the trying times, they were the biggest blessing for me. And I know that that can be true for you as well. But we have to start making different choices. We have to get to a place where we're like, fuck this. I'm not living like this no more. I can't live like this no more. I can't stand the way that I feel, the way that I act, the way that I look at myself, the way that I talk to others, the way that I talk to myself, the way that I conduct myself. You know what I mean? We, we need to get to this place where we're like, why not try something different? Because this clearly isn't working out. So if you find that you're in this place and you're struggling, and you need some help, reach out. The help is there. And there is a much better life waiting for you, but it always starts now. It starts today. Don't say, I'm going to wait till tomorrow. I'm going to wait till next week. I'm going to wait till next month. It's all bullshit. Like, you're never going to be comfortable making an uncomfortable decision. And it's uncomfortable to, to accept change because that's what we need to do. We need a... Uh, a change of scenery. We need a change of mentality, a change of perspective. 
It's not going to happen continuing to do the same things over and over and over again. So we must embrace change. And even though it's uncomfortable, it's what we have to do in order to grow and have the type of life that we're capable of living. So if you find yourself, you're in this position, if you need help with inpatient treatment, if you need help with finding a, a, an AA meeting support group, uh, you don't need, just need to do AA meetings or anything like that, but there are other support groups. Or if you need help finding a recovery coach, if you're looking for coaching, reach out to me. My number is 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. That's all I have for you today. Much love. I hope you have a fantastic Friday, and I will see you on the next one.